Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. As we are going through these challenging times, a lot of us are looking to nature, to the wisdom of nature for guidance. And when we do that, spirit animals may emerge to help us navigate our lives. My guest on today's show is Sarah Seidelman, and she wants to introduce us to the power of animal totems, or beasties, as she calls them, inviting us to explore why certain animals show up in our lives and what teachings they may be trying to share. Are you ready to meet her? Sarah Bamford Seidelman was a physician living a nature-starved, hectic lifestyle until a walrus entered her life and changed everything. She's trained at the Martha Beck Institute and Michael Hamer's Foundation for Shamanic Studies. Sarah is the author of Swimming with Elephants, and her new book is The Book of Beasties, Your A to Z Guide to the Illuminating World of Spirit Animals. Find out more about Sarah and her work at followyourfeelgood.com. Sarah, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. Excited to be here. I can't read that bio without starting with the walrus. Everything I have questions, it all went out the window. What's with the walrus? <laughs> I know, and I love your the title of your show, you know, Coming Out of the Fog. It's like I'm imagining this walrus emerging out of the fog <laughs> mysteriously to present himself. <laughs> well, what happened was I was uh, working as a physician in my practice at a hospital, and I was very unhappy and feeling really disconnected. I loved my practice for like 20 years, absolutely loved it. And then suddenly over, you know, a year or two time, I just realized, wow, not feeling as connected here. So I ended up, after realizing that, taking a sabbatical. And during that time, my little summer off, I um, learned that there was this ancient idea that the animals that cross your path may have messages or helpful um, you know, maybe they're to guide you somehow. And I was like, wow, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But at the time, I was so um, lost and confused. I was really open to anything at that point. Um, so anyway, I decided that I was going to try to play with this idea because I was like, I've got nothing to lose, you know, and everything to gain. Um, and that summer, I wandered into this little shop. And on the wall, um, hanging pretty high up was this walrus head with um, that had been taxidermied and hung on the wall. And the tusks were just like, I mean, to give you an idea of scale, like maybe four feet long. I mean, I'm not sure, but they were huge. I mean, this thing was absolutely giant. And I remember thinking, I was just kind of riveted by it. And I actually went back to the store a couple times um, and lingered around like that wall was thinking, well, if you've got a message for me, you know, like now would be the time to let me know what it is. Because I am so desperate to figure out, you know, what my path is in life and I'm feeling like not being at work. Um, 
anyway, what happened was the, the walrus didn't whisper anything to me, but I, what happened was I began to be curious about walruses. And so I began to study them a little bit. And I watched some video footage of them on YouTube, which I highly encourage anybody who's got a BC that's curious about to learn a little more. So I watched these walruses, and I, what I realized, Karen, is that they were just like, these walruses were on a beach, and they were just like completely relaxed. I mean, if you can imagine these gigantic walruses just like flopping, lounging lazily on the beach, they seemed incredibly relaxed. Like, they did not seem anxious at all. So that was the first thing I noticed. Then the second thing I learned about them is they're apex predators, meaning they have no competition in the natural world. Essentially, rarely a polar bear will tangle with a walrus, but other than that, you know, it's pretty uncommon that they do that. So I put those two things together and I was like, well, maybe if I could manage to somehow relax and kind of just be myself, like these walruses seem to be able to just be walruses that maybe I too would have no competition should I choose to do a different vocation or start again by like becoming a a coach or a writer. I had a lot of different ideas about, you know, something I could do. And so that's how the walrus, um, and that idea, you know, really gave me a lot of um, encouragement and excitement about, well, maybe maybe there was something to this (laughs) that made me feel better. Wow. It's I'm I see in my notes you were a surgical pathologist and I think of that as a laser like focus on rooting out disease on quantifying and investigating and rooting out that disease and you moved from that to this place of beautiful openness standing in front of that walrus open to the new path open to the new way to me that's so cool that shift and it was thanks to the walrus a big part of of that journey now you use the word oh so sorry go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and you're right, like as a pathologist, my job was to hunt for disease. And really what had happened to me over the years preceding that walrus meeting was that I had become curious about what creates health. Mm-hmm. And I was no longer fascinated by what, you know, what disease, I knew what disease was. I was like, but what makes people well? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah and, the, and the walrus sort of opened that door. Uh, you use that word beasties, which is, um, it's... I don't know, it's interesting and it's quirky and it's, why do you say beasties instead of like spirit animals or animal totems? Yeah, well, I thought, for one thing, I I felt like it was something a little bit playful and unintimidating. And I felt like as I was beginning to explore these things, a lot of the books and things that I was reading felt very um, either intimidating or that it wasn't for me in particular, um, or maybe had a lot of cultural associations, like indigenous cultural associations. And I really wanted what I was noticing is this is something universal, like anybody can connect with. You don't have to be like a person from the Sioux Nation who was raised by an indigenous grandmother or from the Amazon basin to to relate to these wonderful creatures. And also BC kind of covers everything from, you know, ladybug up to things more mythical like Bigfoot or <laughs> unicorns or these other beasties that sometimes we can encounter um, in our dreams. Gosh, even in our waking lives, you know. Well, one of the things I like about the book is that it is very accessible. You say in the you in the notes at the very beginning, you mentioned Ted Andrews and Animal Speak, which is I think one of the coolest, yes. greatest books ever. Um, yeah, and and your book has this innovative way of bringing some of that same wisdom, but then with a whole new, a whole new focus, a whole new take on that. You talk about core beasties and guest beasties. Can you say a little bit about like what the difference is and how do I know which is which? Yeah. 
So guest species are kind of those, those animals that maybe come for an hour, for a moment, for a day, maybe a, a half of a year, some, you know, some short period of time or shorter period of time. And they're there to teach you about a particular thing. Um, it could be just, you know, a butterfly flying by, you know, that just reminds you that there's so much immense beauty in the world, you know, something so simple like that. Or maybe you're going through a particular thing, like going through a divorce and you have, um, a particular kind of, let's say, bird that you just can't seem to avoid. Like, it's everywhere. It's on Facebook, and, you know, people are giving you mugs with this bird, and, you know, then you hear one, you know, it's on a National Geographic show that's on a channel you're watching. Um, so that's kind of the guest species. They're for a period to show you something or teach you something uh, particular in life. And then the core beasties really get me excited because that's sort of your lifetime, the animal spirit that sort of walks with you during your lifetime over a very long period of time. And um, for most people, they start out with one, but sometimes, you know, if you continue, if you're really open to working with animal spirits, you know, you may acquire more than one core BC, but I always invite people just to begin with one. Um, and when you begin to connect and kind of honor that spirit, um, of that particular beastie, it will help you to become more empowered and be guided in your life. And it's like, and sometimes those characteristics that that particular animal has, as you emulate those and bring those out in yourself, um, you'll be able to do the things that you came here to do. Was the walrus a core beastie or a guest beastie for you? He was a guest for sure. Um, so just there at that moment when I was kind of in a panic and a little bit terrified, like, uh, we have to pay for, you know, our kids' college. This wasn't our plan. Like, I was supposed to practice medicine until I was 80, you know. This wasn't, you know, so he came really to show me that there was a possibility for me and kind of encourage me. Um, but as I got more curious and I learned that, you know, people have these core BCs or that's how I like to call it. And I began to explain this to friends and family members. So many people around me were like, oh, I know what mine is. You know, they were discovering theirs. And sometimes it's just simply asking yourself the question, you know, is there a wild animal that's really important to you? And, like, when you see them, you get emotional or you feel such immense, like, attraction to them. Um, so many people were discovering, you know, knew who theirs were. And I was like, well, who is mine? I was just, I was dying to know because I thought, well, if I could figure that out, maybe that would help me to kind of make my way and figure out what I'm going to do with my life here. Cause I'm still, even though I was feeling encouraged from the walrus, I was still feeling pretty lost. And I ended up um, going on a shamanic journey to discover my core BC. Um, and a shamanic journey is really just uh, a type of meditation uh, where you're listening to a drum beat typically that beats at a certain rhythm. And when you listen to a drum like that, um, it puts you into the sort of same place that if you study people who are meditating with EEGs and brainwave studies, it will take you to this sort of the same place. And that's a place where you can access um, these loving and compassionate spirits that tend to be in or that are in animal form. Um, and if anybody who's listening is wanting to do that themselves, um, I created on my website, you can go and subscribe and, and get uh, access to a, a recording where I talk you through that and I drum for you to find your Corby C, help you find your Corby C. So I encountered this wonderful, the first time I went on a journey like that, I encountered this mother bear and she just rubbed my back, Karen, and she was like, Sarah, where you're going is not that far off and all you really need to do is enjoy the journey. 
which kind of sounds like some sort of platitude, but I can only tell you that in that moment, I felt really comforted. And it was like, I was sort of experienced this love, this complete love and acceptance that I had never, or at least not that I could remember, had, ex- had experienced that before. And I have a very loving family. It's not that, but it was like this extraordinary um, feeling of love and peace and acceptance. When I, and when I came back out of that journey, I just thought to myself, wow, like that felt really good and it feels really encouraging. But then I wondered, you know, my, my scientific or my, my logical mind was like, but this is crazy. Like, what is a spirit animal? I mean, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but I kind of decided that like I could never prove that any of this was true, but it made me feel so much better. I decided to continue visiting that bear. Mm. You're listening to immensely. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and my guest is Sarah Seidelman. Her new book is The Book of Beasties, Your A to Z Guide to the Illuminating Wisdom of Spirit Animals. You can find out more about Sarah and her work at followyourfeelgood.com. What's cool about what you're saying is I'm listening to you, I'm just thinking about how when you make a plan like I'm gonna practice medicine till I'm 80, I'm gonna go till I drop, I'm never gonna stop, and here it's just gonna go like that. We lose, there's a kind of noticing, a kind of awareness that we lose. And what I'm hearing Mm. you talk about is shifting that the way that we notice what we are open to seeing. There are beasties all around us all the time. And we aren't open to that because we can't see it. And it sounds to me like you're talking about opening up those, the, those taking off our blinders a little bit so that we can see farther. And you talk in the book about getting messages from your beasties too, and not just in shamanic journeys. Is that right? Right. Um, And I think you're absolutely right. I think I had lived my life living in it from a place of logic and a place of being a scientist, kind of. And what this kind of work asks of you is to open, yeah, open your perception to be a little broader, (laughs) a little more um, wide angle lens into life. Um, Yes. And so I began to play with this idea that just the guest species that were crossing my path every day, like that they might have messages for me. And the simple technique that I used, um, or, you know, when I started doing this, is the one that I learned from Ted Andrews' beautiful book. Um, and it's simply this, you know, you just notice what what beastie it was that crossed your path. Maybe it was a goose that you, you know, you um, saw, or maybe you had to step over some goose poop. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be the beastie. It can actually just be evidence that the beastie was there. So sometimes it's a feather or, you know, some other evidence of that, that animal being there. Um, and then you ask yourself, well, what's been on my mind for the last 24 hours and what, um, what's been bothering me and, you know, what am I needing help with? And then see if you can make a connection between, um, that BC and, 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 and your, and your issue that you've got going on. And it could be that, you know, notice how is that BC being, if you're actually seeing them, you know, are they flying? Are they resting? Are they fighting? Are they, you know, what's going on? Um, and then sort of seeing if you can intuit, you know, what might this be suggesting to me? Um, I'll just give you a really simple example. When I was on my sabbatical, I got this really strong urge to begin writing, like writing a book. And I'm like, I have no idea how to write a book. I mean, I love reading books, but I was like, I, I don't really have any idea how you would do that. And I hadn't written anything since like college. And so I, um, one day I went out and I thought, well, let me to see if a BC shows up to help me. So I kind of set my intention. And you can do this too. Just like go out on a walk in your neighborhood or on a trail and just say, 
I'm, at, I'm setting my intention that a BC comes that gives me a, a message to help me. And so that's what I did that day. And I came back an hour later from my walk, and I was really disappointed because the only BC that I really saw that kind of captured my attention at all was an ant. I mean, I was like hoping, you know, like maybe a falcon would swoop down. We live in this place where a lot of raptors are, and, you know, I was like, wow, an ant. That just does not seem very sexy or exciting. <laughs> but let me think about it. So I went back, wrote in my journal kind of my question, and this ant had been kind of trucking across the sidewalk um, with a little grain of sand in its, in its like pinchers or however ants carry things. And I thought to myself, okay, ants do this they do some pretty crazy stuff. Like they build these massive castles out of tiny grains of sand, but they, first of all, they don't do it alone. There's tons of ants working towards the goal. And then they do it one grain of the sand at a time. It's not like truckloads of sand, you know, to build this thing. And so I thought, okay, what would, what would it feel like for me towards this book project or this dream I have of writing a book? What would it look like to move a grain of sand? And so that day I just opened a a file on my, laptop and called it, you know, Sarah's new book. (laughs) And I wrote down a few ideas that I had, you know, and then I closed that file and put the computer away that day. Um, But I continue to do little things like that that seem doable and not too overwhelming. And that really got me started. So that's kind of an example of the way um, the beasties can talk to you. So it it can be much more mystical than that, or can be very pragmatic and sort of (laughs) straightforward like that. Well, and it can happen in your dreams too, right? Don't your beasties walk through your dreams? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and even scary dreams may have helpful messages. Um, I tell a story in um, another book that I wrote, Swimming with Elephants, about you know as I progressed on my sabbatical and started realizing I really didn't want to go back to medicine at all, um, I had one night I went to sleep and I asked for a dream to show up or a BC to show up in a dream to help me because I was starting to feel like, uh Oh, now I'm supposed to go back to work, but I really don't want to, what do I need to do? And anyway, this, this in the middle of the night, I had like what felt like a terrible dream. And I woke up with a startled, startled feeling. And what had happened was there was this black mamba snake that I saw in my dream and a black mamba. And at the time I was in South Africa mm-hmm. Uh, on a on a trip with a friend, and this black mamba was um, they're the, the most poisonous viper in in South Africa. They're very feared. I mean, you don't even nobody even likes to hear anybody mention their name because they're so deadly. And I was just terrified. Woke up out of the dream, but after and I didn't. I wrote it down in my journal. Didn't really want to. And nobody wants to get a message from a poisonous snake, right? I mean, I was like, oh, the walrus. That's one thing, <laughs> you know. But this, that I'm not interested. It felt really scary. Well, months later, I realized, gosh, I think this there's something there. And so I asked, I went again on a journey with this mother, my mother bear, who I knew pretty well at this point, And I asked her to help me meet this mamba and ask her what the message was. And this may all sound completely like bonkers to you guys. <laughs> and trust me, as being a physician on my sabbatical, I was questioning everything I was doing and wondering, like, what is happening with you, Sarah? Um, but that black mamba really had a strong message for me and that it was time for me to get up and dance and start taking some risks and that I wasn't going to find my way looking for my new vocation by, you know, sitting at home, twiddling my thumbs. Like I was going to, nobody was going to hand it to me on a silver platter. I was going to have to go out and, and make myself vulnerable. 
And so I did begin doing that. Like I began taking courses, trying to learn more about some of the things we're talking about here in this, this kind of way of looking at the world. And I began to offer um, to share more about the BCs with other people because I was realizing it was helping me. Can you talk the whole, so the second half of the book is the Beastie Portraits. And can you say a little bit about how we should use the back of the book? Yes. So the back of the book is just like a huge encyclopedia. This is really like a reference book. And each Beastie, and there are, I think it's like 100, I should need to memorize the number. It's like 150 or something like that, Beasties. And if, if pretty much if you can think of the Beastie, it's probably mentioned in here. It's probably in here. And there are two pages. Um, the first page is sort of some themes that this beastie uh, may be suggesting to you to focus on. And there's sort of a paragraph about why this beastie may be showing up in your life. And then on the second page, there's all kinds of things about, like, you know, if you're having challenges with work or your love life or your creativity or your health, um, why this, how this beastie may be trying to assist you. And I always tell people, you know, one really fun way to use the book is to just ask yourself a quest, you know, ask for help with a particular problem. You know, maybe you're having an issue with a coworker, let's say. So you sort of hold the book, you set your intention, you're going to get a helpful BC, and then you open the book to a random page at the back and see who shows up. Now, I just did this as we were talking, and I got unicorns. <laughs> so ah. whoever whoever's listening right now, maybe we're all, um, somehow unicorn is here to help us out. Um, and I'll just say, um, so, you know, maybe this is for the person who's having trouble with a, a coworker. Here's the message for, um, around work, um, from unicorn. Unicorns are notorious for their ability to neutralize poison. You are now capable of repairing past hurts in the workplace and you're being called to silently broadcast loving kindness to all your office mates. Yeah. Even to that guy. <laughs> So there's some humor sprinkled throughout the book because that was another thing I was like, you know, the one thing I learned about the spirit animals is they often quite humorous. Yeah. I mean, they often have a really great sense of humor. Um, and how do I describe that? Like I was thinking of there's a there's a friend of mine who's a cardiologist and she was starting to get into the theses and their messages. And one day she texted me and she's like, Sarah, and I'm like, yes. And she's like, well, I was driving. She was some outreach medical stuff to a smaller community and she said I was having the worst day and I was driving out to my clinic and I see all these geese in a pond and their tails are up out of the water and their heads are all down and I'm thinking what is the message of this you know what are the geese trying to tell me and she's like I was tearing my hair out then she goes I realized Sarah they were all mooning me (laughs) like just kind of like get over yourself already you know like have some fun don't take yourself so heavily, you know, like lighten up, Francis. Um, and I think that's, you know, so, so I really wanted to incorporate some of that in the book. And there's quite a bit of it sprinkled throughout. And of course, there's also tenderness and poignancy. And there's all kinds of because I think, you know, as human beings, we, we go through all the all the emotions, yeah. the experiences. And power as well, right? The power to shift our lives and communicate in a different way. Can you let the listeners know, I know we've just got a couple minutes left here. Can you let the listeners know how they can connect with you and maybe a little bit about what's coming next? Yeah, um, they can connect with me at followyourfeelgood.com. You can go there. You can send me a message. We can connect. I do shamanic healing with 
work with people. I help people to discover their Corbis, see if they're wanting to do that and want some support doing that. Because sometimes it can feel intimidating to go on a shamanic journey, but I can go with you. Um, I am working currently on another book. Um, but let's see, what else? I have a little course that I just started calling called Life Pirate Academy, which is for people who want to live uh, encouraged, a life full of courage and enthusiasm. Um, so that's another thing. And you can find out about that at the website as well. Wow. Um, oh, that's awesome. Courage and, then, and enthusiasm and doubloons. Maybe there will be doubloons. That'd be great. Perhaps. Um, and I'm spending <laughs> a pachydermal pilgrimage in Thailand in 2020. So that would be also <gasps> lovely to have some listeners come along to travel because I find that that's really wonderful to travel and explore beasties at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's all wonderful stuff. Thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing these messages, this kind, this new way of seeing with us. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. That is Sarah Seidelman, and her new book is The Book of Beasties, Your A to Z Guide to the Illuminating Wisdom of Spirit Animals. You can find out more about Sarah and her work. You can subscribe and get that um, shamanic journey, that free guided journey to help you discover your core or your lifetime beastie at followyourfeelgood.com. That's followyourfeelgood.com. And you can always find out what's happening in my world at karenhager.com. There's classes and events and you, we can have a private intuitive session if that feels like the right thing for you. I've just started creating classes that can be downloaded or streamed on demand. The very first one is up right now. It's called Practical Protection for Empaths. And that's a quick 75 minute class with practical, and I mean actually practical things you can do now, down to earth techniques that you can use to help balance yourself and bring a little peace, bring a little protection back in during these challenging times that we're going through. Details about that is at karenhager.com. And if you believe as I do that when we all focus on peace, things can change. I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com and join us once a month for our free 15-minute guided meditation with people from around the world where we focus on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.